millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's up, crackheads? You are very welcome back to the Mind Poppers basement with your host, Adam O'Reilly. Today, I want to talk about beauty and what impact beauty has in the world. Because, you know, we all know beautiful people, and it just kind of it seems kind of like clear to me that beautiful people have always had an advantage over the rest of us. And I'm not just talking cute people, whatever, you know, we're all cute, what have you. I mean, real beautiful porcelain carved in God's image beautiful people because I feel like they have had just an easier ride than the rest of us. I want to talk about beauty, beauty standards, how you know the optimum you know physique has changed throughout the last hundred years or so. I want to look at the lists you know, maybe we'll go back to the 1990s up to present date of, you know, you know the way they vote, like the the hottest man alive of, say, 2000 and the hottest woman alive of 2000. I want to look through that. I want to see who really is, you know, our standard of beauty every year, year after year. I want to look at the psychology of what advantages come with being beautiful? Because there are a couple and why do we value beauty so much in this society? Before I get into that, I know everyone was interested in me chronicling my encounters with my stalker that I've been had, having the last couple of weeks. And obviously that came to an end. We haven't spoken about it, I think, maybe in the last two or three episodes. But I don't know what it is about me. Honestly, I don't. But for as long as I can remember, I have been a, a flame to the moths. And by moths, I mean freaks the weirdos of the world. There is something about my energy that attracts these people to me. And, you know, I love weirdos. I love weird people. I think they brighten up an otherwise mundane world. But I'm talking the kind of freak, you know, that potentially is going to maybe, you know, try and turn you into a lampshade or something. You know, it's those kind of freaks. Now, while I do, of course, attract the good and the beautiful freaks, I also, on the other hand, attract what I want to say is the potential serial killers. Like the kind of weirdos, because we all know a lovable weirdo, don't we? You know, maybe you are a lovable weirdo. But like I said, while I do attract them, you know, I'm also attracting the the Jeffrey Dahmers of the world. So basically, I won't go into too much detail. I was on the dating apps, you know, I'm on the dating apps, what have you. um, And a guy messages me, um, blank profile, you know, which is always my downfall. Uh, And people are always like, well, Adam, why do you reply to the blank profiles? Well, the blank profiles, you guys, it's like buying a lottery ticket. Because eventually they're going to send you a picture of their face. 
you know, you may have to draw out a couple of hours of conversation, but you're going to get that face picture. And I guess the potential holds that you're going to strike gold. You're going to find someone who is hot and it's just your type and ticks all your boxes. And, you know, of course, then you're going to find someone who I'm not going to say ugly because, well, I mean, maybe I will. You know, I can say that. I can use that word because some of my best friends are ugly. So it's okay for me to use that word. I don't know if it's okay for you to use that word. But instead of saying ugly, I want to be more mindful. And I will say someone who I don't find attractive, physically attractive, sexually attractive, whatever you want to call it. Um, But everybody at the end of the day is attractive to somebody, aren't they? You know? So that's why I'm kind of like stepping back from the use of the word ugly or fugly or whatever, which I'm sure I will use many, many times throughout this episode since we are talking about beauty. But everybody's attractive to somebody and this person just wasn't attractive to me. But they were relentless in their messaging um, because of course I was very open before <clears throat> I saw what they looked like and, and realised, you know, that I wasn't sexually attracted to them. So we were talking back and forth and sure I was being open and a little flirtatious, what have you you know and then I was like oh go on so send me a face picture and they sent the face picture and I was like "Mm." you're just in my head I was like you're not my type at all you're doing nothing for me at all I am beyond dry um this is just not going to do it for me whatsoever this you will just never entice me sexually And I don't mean that in a bad way. This person was just not for me. It was not for me. So I was like, "Mm, mm, no, I was like, I'm going to have to cut this in the bud. But again, being mindful, I'm very being into being mindful right now. I'm being kind. So, you know, I didn't want to write back to this person. And maybe it's what I should have done. And being like, okay, you know what? I, I don't find you sexually attractive. You are not hot to me. So let's end the conversation here. I didn't want to do that because I was thinking, okay, well, how would someone feel if I was messaging them and I had sent them a face picture, even though I always have a face picture up. But if the tables were reversed and someone messaged me and was like, oh, hey, I was like, look, I'm just not sexually attracted to you. I don't find you attractive or whatever. While I, of course, appreciate the honesty, I mean, I feel like that would just push me over the edge. You know, I'm very liable. I'm I'm at a tipping point, you know. I feel like that would push me over the edge. So I didn't want to be that person to another person. So instead, I was like, oh, hey. And they were like, oh, will you, can we meet up? Can we, can we go for a walk? Can we go for a coffee? Can, can we do this? And instead, I was like, you know what? I'm actually not looking for anything right now. I'm not looking for anything right now. Which I thought that that little phrase was going to be my saving grace because I I didn't have to go into look I I don't find you sexually attractive whatever I'm not looking for anything right now and I thought that would be enough but alas it wasn't this person was relentless in their messages up until like yesterday constant messages being like hey are you around hey do you want to meet up and I kept saying just kept saying. I'm not looking for anything right now. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm not looking for anything right now. I'm not looking for anything right now, sir. If I said the phrase once, I said it 500 fucking times. But this person was relentless. What can I say? They wanted to rock this shit. And I wasn't, it just wasn't going to happen for me. It wasn't, and it certainly was not on the cards for them. So I kept up with the 
Oh, sorry, someone's texting me. Possibly the stalker. Um, so I kept up with the whole, you know, thing of, look, I'm not looking for anything right now. I'm not looking for anything right now. Fine. Kept messaging, be like, oh, you want to meet up and do this? And and then it was like, oh, it was like a sexual message then. And it was like, you know, it, it was just, it was just it never stopped, you know? And I kept being like, no, sorry. I told you I'm looking, I'm not looking to meet up for anyone. I'm not looking, whatever. Anyway, put that on hold. Um, someone else starts messaging me, another blank account. Um, chatting away anyway, and they send a picture. And this picture is someone who, who is very my type, was around my age, around my build, you know, except with a better build, you know, fortunately. And who I thought was very sexy. And I had, I had a, you know, a big sexual desire to lay down some stank with that person you know and we seemed you know attracted to each other so I I had been messaging this new person back and forth for a couple of days all was good in the hood you know the stalker had stopped messaging me you know and you know now I had was messaging someone who I was attracted to and, and I felt like the attraction was mutual so we were chatting away or whatever you know this person was asking me if I wanted to call up to their hotel you know, they were staying in a, in a hotel. Um, apparently, they were doing some sort of construction work, whatever. So they were actually in my area uh, for a week. And with the storm, Ellen, that had just passed, it had kept them in the area that bit longer because, I, I don't know, I, I guess shit was damaged. I don't know. I'm not in the construction business, which was great. And I was like, sure, for sure. That is something we can do. That is something we can do. So I was like, yes, look, we, we'll, we'll organize a weekend and we'll meet up and that would be great and as, as soon as I had said yes to this person and a couple of messages you know had passed or whatever I get a message from this new hot person that I'm talking to and they turn around and they're like you're a fake and I was like what the fuck <laughs> what and then I, I go into my messages and then I have a, another message from the stalker with the exact same message saying you're a fake and I was like, huh? So the stalker messages me and was like, oh, so you weren't looking for anything, were you? Then how come you're messaging this person? And I was like, what the fuck is going, is going on here? And, and I talk, go back into the hot person message and they're like, oh, I, I'm with a friend here, says that you turned him down or whatever, or said that you weren't looking for anything. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, since when are my stalker and Hawkeye in cahoots? I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And stalker messaged me and being was like, oh, pity you could have joined us and all this. And I'd text, or I sent a message to Hawkeye. And I was like, I was like, look, I was like, I, I'm, I'll be perfectly honest with you. The reason that I didn't, or the reason, you know, I, I was being polite. I didn't want to hurt this person's feelings. I was like, I have absolutely no desire to, to, to meet up with that person. And at this point, I didn't really care if, if Stalker's feelings were hurt because I'm like, oh, okay, like, I mean, what, what the fuck is going on here, you know? Like, I've been like, I don't know. I've been ganged up on by my Stalker and by Hot Person. So, so I thought it was, it was just really weird. And, and then Hot Person stopped messaging back. And I was like, right, I was like, is Hot Person and my Stalker just like together now like is this the thing that's happening so whatever I had been you know I had been thinking and I was like something something isn't right here 
because Hot Person was all about meeting up, talking about all the things we were going to do, whatever. But then suddenly things had gotten, I don't know, I smell a rat. You know, I have a very good intuition for these kind of things. So the message that I got when everything started going tits up is as follows. My, the, one of the last messages I had sent was at 23.49. Hey, just not looking for anything right now, which I must have said about 500 times. Even a friend, question mark. I didn't reply to that. I'm not on these dating apps looking for friends. I'm not, okay? Especially if you were looking for something more than friendship, we're not, we're not going to do the whole friendship thing. Message at 23.57, some fake. I said, some fake, question mark, laughy face. Yeah, what? One minute you want fun, the next you don't. You could have joined in. I was like, what is, what is going on here? So I said, I was messaging hot person and I was like, look, what's going on with this person, whatever. I said, I just didn't want to hurt this person's feelings or whatever. Look, the two of you can do whatever you want. But, but this is getting a little weird for me. Stalker messages again. Okay, dude, you turn me down? Question mark. I don't blame you, ha. Huh? I wrote, did you just create that account to catch me out? Because at this point I was kind of being like, wait a second, does, does hot person even exist? Because what are the chances that stalker and hot person, you know, the two people that I'm talking to, happened just to have met up and been together? It just doesn't seem right to me. So I said, did you create that account to catch me out? What account, bud? Listen, I've had the toughest week of my life, blah, blah, blah. I won't get into this person's personal business that they were sending me. The account of the guy in the redacted. I took the name out of the hotel. What? And then I, I sent him quotations of the messages he'd sent me. One minute you want fun, the next you don't. Ha, you could have joined in. Ha. I'm like, how do you even know? what this person is saying, like, what's going on here? So I message, oh, sorry. So this person, the stalker, wrote back and goes, sorry, bud, don't know. I said, so what is the truth? Be honest. All I got back was, don't know, I don't know. I said, your honesty will be a lot more appealing to me than playing dumb. Be sure of that. Because you know what I was doing? I was chumming the waters. I was chumming the waters here because I wanted the truth. And I knew to get the truth, I had to play. Because I knew this person was physically attracted to moi. So I had to, didn't I have, I had to do it. But I had to chum the waters a little, you know. Kind of give them the, the hope that something could happen. You know, I, if you just come clean with the truth, then maybe, you know. Um. So this person wrote back and was like, oh, my friend helps me. So the stalker is making out that stalker and hot guy were friends. Okay, which, again, I don't think so. I don't think that was what was the story. My friend helps me. So I said, so are you telling me honestly that if I agreed to meet up with your friend, that it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have really been you that I was meeting? Again, honesty is a lot more attractive to me than bullshit, is what I said. Again, chumming the waters. I had absolutely no intention of meeting up with this person. They wrote back the confession. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm the biggest dope ever. That other fella is so hotter, huh? I said, firstly, I appreciate the honesty. But how do you think the situation was going to go down when I entered the room and it wasn't the guy I thought I was meeting? Stalker writes back, let's talk it out. I'm the biggest dope ever. Ring me. Well, 
as if I'm going to be ringing this psychopath at 32 minutes past midnight to have a discussion about how this person catfished me. So I said, I don't really know what to say, you know, unless you can offer me some insight into this behavior. Because look, obviously I was talking to someone who was clearly a little unhinged. Like I said, I, I attracted the freaks. So I'm some, I, you know, so the very least this person give me some sort of insight into the mind of the unhinged, you know, I could at least get the very, that's the way I could get out of the very least of this, you know. Um, then it was just, I'm not your type, question mark. You're so hot, it's mental. Well, he actually typed, you're so hot, it's metal. But, you know. And I just said, I just want to know why you messaged me on the other account. And what would have happened if I agreed to meet up with the other guy? And then I also replied to the, you're so metal. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> but this person wanted me to meet up. And was, was going to let me, allow me to meet up with again we're just saying hot guy because the person didn't exist he was using someone else's photos he wanted me to turn up to this hotel room to really meet him even though I thought it was going to meet hot guy it, it's a certain delusionment that people must possess like how do you think that situation is going to go down I mean has anyone listening have you ever turned up and someone had been clearly using a catfish I'm not saying you know, one person, you know, who, who just like happened to have a really good angle and they looked different in person because this was, okay, we'd be comparing Danny DeVito and Chris Hemsworth, okay? And I mean, look, all people are beautiful, but some people are Danny DeVito and some people are Chris Hemsworth. And this was this situation, you know? I'm not going to walk into that room and being like, oh my God, maybe the light hit his face a certain way when I'm walking into Danny DeVito. You know, that's just not the reality of the situation. And I mean, who knows, it could have been a quite a dangerous situation for me and a very awkward situation for me. If I'm walking in to, you know, Hawkeye's room and it turns out to be Stalker, you know, I'm probably still going to lay down some funk because I'm going to be so awkward, you know, while scrambling for the fucking door. Um, so to me, I was just like, there are some real, some real freaks out there. And <clears throat> this person was just clearly unhinged. And now what's happening to me is... I'm getting messages from Stalker who I blocked. I blocked Stalker on the dating apps. But now I'm getting these messages from blank accounts again. And are, you, are, I mean, he's catfishing me constantly. I'm at the point now in the dating apps. I, you know dating apps are hard enough as it is. But now I don't even know what's real and what's fake anymore. And I don't know why, you know, after the first Stalker trauma. And now this new catfish trauma. I don't know where it ends for me. Like, I don't know. The universe seems to be trying to meander me onto whatever path people end up on that end up being murdered. And, and I don't know why. Because that, being murdered is not how I plan on going out. But the universe seems to have something else in mind, doesn't it? Because whatever I fucking do, the universe seems to be nudging me this way, nudging me whatever way, pulling whatever strings it has to pull so that I end up in a room alone with a sociopath, you know? And imagine how tired I am. Imagine how fucking tired I am, you know? I just want to go somewhere with someone who I find attractive and someone who finds me attractive and just, you know... Maybe have my booty eaten. Maybe serve up some little pound cake. What have you. 
can I not do that? Can I not have fun? Must every romantic encounter I find myself getting into be a life or death situation? It's not a good time for me. And, you know, to finish up, while this person is still catfishing me, even though they blocked, or I had blocked that account, now they're still catfishing me on all these different accounts. So it's just terrible. And you know what, the worst thing is, because the last message I sent to this person, the, the stalker before I blocked them, you know, because someone, if you're using a catfish, you, you know, you're clearly, you're clearly, you know, have some severe level of, um, it's not the it's not the lack of confidence isn't the word that I'm looking for, but what's the word? It's like when you hate yourself. Okay, but this person we just use that word hates themselves obviously so much and is so insecure was the word that I was looking for, and has such issues you know that they have to portray being somebody else. And while I understand the appeal and the freedom of pretending to be somebody else, you know you've got issues. Absolutely, you have got severe issues. So the last person I messaged to stalker before I blocked them was. I was like, don't ever do that again. I was like, you are beautiful the way you are. I was like, you are perfect the way you are. I was like, you don't ever need to be pretend to be anybody else. You know, I gave him, you know, like the, I took him to the red table talk, you know, and try to instill some bit of confidence before I blocked his ass, you know, that was just the kind, it's just in my nature, you know, I, I, I heal, I'm a healer. Um, and, and of course the little, the little pep talk, you know, the little positive note I tried to leave it on obviously didn't work because this person, you know, c- cannot just give me a break, you know, is still harassing me. And that is the most recent encounter of, you know, it's chapter two of the stalker. And I don't know where this one's going to go. I, I honestly really hope this is the last we hear of it, but, but that, that is the situation thus far. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, I guess that the first mind popper of this week's episode really ties into the second mind popper of this episode, which is all, you know, focusing on beauty. Why do we hold beautiful people on such a pedestal? And, you know, what is beauty because you know what there's no point in denying it we can say all people are beautiful and yes while that may be true there is a certain power that comes with physical attractiveness that is undeniable it is a force to absolutely be reckoned with you know like beauty is almost like a currency 
you know, the more beautiful you are, the richer you are in this currency. And the less, you know, conventionally beautiful you are, you know, the poorer you are, you're a broke bitch, you know? And you know what it's like being a broke bitch? You know, it's just harder, isn't it? It is just harder. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of interesting things around beauty and how beautiful people really do rule the world. You know, it's true. Before we get into the different interesting little labyrinths of beauty and how it affects us in society, and it's interesting, you know, I'm not gonna go on a whole big shit about you guys, they're all beautiful, because you're not, you know, and unfortunately, that's just a fact. What I wanna look at right now is I wanna go through some of the lists of, you know, who were voted, you know, those years. Was FHM, you know, that magazine that, that did the, the sexiest woman, you know, each, the sexiest woman alive each year. And I think it was People magazine who used to do the, the sexiest guy alive each year. <clears throat> so we start off in 1995, the first ever crowned sexiest woman of the year was Claudia Schiffer. Okay, we can understand, you know, big model back then in the 90s. Absolutely. We'll allow it. 96, we had Gillian Anderson, okay? Gillian Anderson from The Fall, Gillian Anderson, the mother from Sex Education, and Gillian Anderson as, you know, Agent Scully from The Expos. She is a beautiful woman, is absolutely, you know, still a beautiful woman, someone who aged amazingly. 97, we have Terry Hatcher, yes, Susan from Desperate Housewives, Terry Hatcher of Lois and Clark. Terry Hatcher is hot stuff, you know, there's just no denying that. There is some, like, meek little thing about, like, Susan from... Desperate Housewives, where it's like if you farted next to the bitch, she'd crumble like a deck of cards. And I guess that is pretty hot. Um, <clears throat> so I would say that is, a, that is a fair 1997 Terry Hatcher, most beautiful woman alive. 1998, Jenny McCarthy. Okay, okay. 1999, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Okay, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Absolutely. Could have been the, the most sexiest woman alive any year. Um, in 2000, we had Jennifer Lopez. In 2001, we had, again, Jennifer Lopez. She was that hot that FHM crowned her two years consecutively as Sexiest Woman Alive. 2002, we had Anna Kornikova. Anna Kornikova. Okay, fair enough. I agree. 2003, we had Halle Berry, of course. Absolutely. 2004, we had Britney Spears. And really, 2004 was Britney Spears' last year that she was going to get Most Beautiful Woman Alive, wasn't she? You know? Because it's it's just not on the cards for her right at this minute. 2005, we had Kelly Brook. 2006, we had Kira Knightley. Oh, I don't know about Kira Knightley, you guys. Sexiest Woman Alive. I mean, Sexiest Woman Alive. We can say, yes, that Kira Knightley is a beautiful woman. But which, in 2006, was she the most beautiful woman alive? You know? I don't think so. 2007, Jessica Alba. 2008, Megan Fox. Megan Fox certainly, and absolutely, she deserved that title. Megan Fox was the, the sex icon of 2008. 2009, we had Cheryl Cole. Ah, uh, Cheryl Cole. Everybody, you know, loved Cheryl Cole when she first came out on the scene with, when she'd left the girl group and she was doing like Fight for This Love and all that, you know? Everyone's like, ah, uh, Cheryl Cole. The nation's sweetheart, you know? So I'll agree for 2009, Cheryl Cole. And 2010, we, who do we have? Cheryl Cole, again, two consecutive years. 2011, we had Rosie Huntington-Whiteley. 
2012, you guys, was a joke. And I guess it was, I mean, like, I'll tell you who it was. It was Talisa, who was crowned the 2012 sexiest woman alive. I don't know where all the other women were. I guess they were busy. But 2012, Talisa, I mean, yes, Talisa is a, a beautiful person. Was she the most beautiful woman alive in 2012? I don't know. Was it a thing where, all right... FHM magazine thought that you know the world was going to end in 2012 and we were like fuck it you know let's, let's give it to Talisa um 2013 we had Mila Kunis Mila Kunis absolute babe absolutely I'd so agreed 2014 with Jennifer Lawrence I just do not like Jennifer Lawrence whatsoever do you know to me is she the most beautiful woman alive of 2014 I don't think so you know, obviously she was coming off the success of the Hunger Games, whatever. Was she the most beautiful woman alive? I don't think so. You know? Like, Jennifer Lawrence, to me, is always just being a face that you wanted to punch. You know? It was just the whole, like, oh my god, I can't believe I fell over in the Oscars. No one gives a fuck, Jennifer. You know? Whatever. 2015, we had Michelle Keegan. 2016, we had Margot Robbie. Again, Margot Robbie, you know, no one's going to dispute that in 2016, Margot Robbie probably was regarded as the most sexiest woman alive, you know? Because some of these people, it fits. We get it. Margot Robbie, she fits. 2017 was our final entry on the sexiest woman alive list because FHM stopped publication. And it was Gal Gadbit. Um, I think she was an Israeli actress. What have you? Great, you know, and and good for her. Now, the guys, they weren't, you know, anything amazing. I'm not going to go too, going to go too far back in the list. I'll start from the 2000s. In 2000, the sexiest man alive named by People magazine was Brad Pitt. And it was his second time winning the award. And that's fair. I, I think Brad Pitt was probably pretty hot still, you know, in 2000. 2001, we had Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. You know, I, to me, no. Pierce Brosnan seems like a bit of a font, doesn't he? You know, Sean Connery, you know, the other was always had, you know, more of an appeal to me. But look, whatever. 2002, we had Ben Affleck. 2003, we had Johnny Depp. 2004, we had Jude Law. 05, we had Matthew McConaughey. 06, we had George Clooney. Mm. And that was the second time winning Sexiest Man Alive Award. In 07, we had Matt Damon. 08, Hugh Jackman. 09, we had Johnny Depp coming on for his second Sexiest Man Alive Award. In 2010, we had Ryan Reynolds, Deserved. In 2011, we had Bradley Cooper, Deserved. 2012, we had Channing Tatum, Deserved. A good three years for the Sexiest Man Alive. 2013, we had Adam Levine, okay? I mean, is anyone going to kick Adam Levine out of bed? No. You know, I wonder when he comes, does he hit the high notes? You know, no one's going to get Adam Levine out of the bed. Was he the sexiest man alive? Maybe. I don't know. 2013. 2014, we had Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth. They do look the same and would probably, you know, deliver the same amount of damage. So, so I gather. 2015, David Beckham. You would have thought that David Beckham would have gotten the sexiest man alive award a little earlier on. You know, early 2000s, but whatever. 2016, we had Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. I don't know about that. 2017 was when people lost. People Magazine lost all credibility. They'd lost all credibility because they had announced in 2017, and I don't know if this was done for shock value or what, but they, in 2017, People Magazine named Blake Shelton 
Blake Shelton, if you, if you don't know who he is, he's like that country singer and he's like a judge on The Voice. As it turns out, he's married to Gwen Stefani. Blake Shelton in 2017 was people's sexiest man alive. What happened? I don't know. Did all men just die? But whatever, I digress. 2018, we had Idris Elba. In 2019, we had John Legend, you know. I, I don't think 2019 was that skinny motherfucker the sexiest man alive. I don't think so. And 2020, I guess we don't have a sexiest man yet. Um, we have enough going on. And you know, what? I think all of us subconsciously on some level knew that physical beauty you know, opened a lot of doors for people and gave them maybe a head start in life or what have you, gave them this like demigod kind of status where you just treat a a better looking person better, don't you? You do. And, And I've done this so many times. Like if there is a beautiful person talking, even if I don't give a fuck what they're saying, I'm going to listen. I once let a beautiful man talk to me for 40 minutes at a bar about chefing. And don't get me wrong. Don't get it confused. I could give a fuck about chefing. I could give a fuck about what Michelin means and all the different prep work and how hard your work is and the hours you do in chefing and how it's your passion and how you found your calling. I could give a fuck. I could give a fuck. The only reason I am letting you speak to me at this bar on my night out, you know, for 40 minutes about this shite is because I, in the hopes, first of all, you're beautiful. So I mean, I'm just looking at you. I'm not listening to you, you know. And secondly, I'm thinking, right, all that's going on in my head is just images of us violently smushing, you know. I'm not taking in the whole culinary arts bullshit I am thinking about the two of us having the most disgusting sex you could ever possibly imagine you know I'm not I'm not you know being guided around the 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 most fantastic kitchen in the world in my imagination no that's just not what we're doing you know and like I said I will listen to beautiful people I will you know, there's, I have beautiful people in my life and I have some very fugly people in my life too. You know, I like to keep a balance because um, otherwise I just get nothing done. You know, if it was just me surrounded by beautiful people, I would get nothing done. Um, and you know, like people who I've, I, I lend money to people, to friends, you know, I'm always good for lending money because, you know, if you're about that life and if you, if, if you know what life I'm on about, then you understand. But people can be like, oh, could you, can you borrow, can you, could you throw me 50 there uh, until next week? I got to whatever. Or could you throw me 100 or whatever? And I'm like, sure. I'm like, for sure, because I understand that. And it's nice to, you know, have someone you know, in that community, whatever, like say if your friend is a stoner or whatever, and they're like, oh, look, I really want to get a bag of weed, or I need to pay somebody, of course, I will always do that. And, you know, I'll be like, oh, look, just show me the money back next week, or when you get paid, or, you know, whatever, or, you know, if I have some an event coming up, I'm like, hey, look, I'm actually going to need that money because I'm going out with whatever. And, if it's a beautiful person and if I've lent a beautiful person money, there has been times when I have lent beautiful people money and they haven't paid me back for weeks. 
and I and I text them and be like, look, I really need that money, and they'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and I appreciate you, and I'll get back, I'll get that back to you like ASAP, and I'll be like, aww, don't worry, your beautiful little head about it, you know, keep it, and then if you know, if an ugly person. Uh, sorry, I said I wasn't going to use the word ugly. If someone who I don't find, you know, physically attractive to me personally has borrowed money and hasn't paid it back, I'd be like, what the fuck? You know, I'd be ready to pull up outside their house. You know, I'd be making threats like how I'm going to break their kneecaps. I'm going to go in and break their grandmother's kneecaps. You know, I'm really going to go in and fuck shit up. All because I don't find them sexually desirable. You know? So, it happens. Beautiful people are manipulating us and we, uh, uh, we don't care, do we? Because it's, it's, it's almost like you feel honoured when a seriously beauty, beautiful person is talking to you. You know, you feel almost superior and you put them on a pedestal like, oh my God, a, beaut- a super hot fucking person is spending their time and energy speaking to a little old fug like me. And you're like, oh my God, absolutely. And thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for blessing me with your time and your, your beautiful jawline. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, it's just the way it is. And you know what? The thing is, society has always favoured the beautiful. Society has always favoured the beautiful. You know, I mean, even look at our movies, in our cartoons, you know, our hero is always someone beautiful with a, with a chiseled jaw and a six pack and a shiny head of hair and like our princesses are always like these like white like tiny little skinny bitches but somehow are always packing some sort of rack and have like the best flowing hair you've ever seen and of the perfect facial symmetry and the big plump lips what have you whereas the villains in all of these you know always have some sort of like distortion they have like the larger nose the the weird jaw, the teeth, the hunchback, like the ears, the mole. So from from the outset, we've always been taught to place, as kids even, we've been, we have been taught and conditioned to place more value on those that possess a, a certain physical attractiveness and then for us to place less value on those people who are you know, less conventionally attractive, you know, who aren't attractive by conventional standards. So we've already created this system in society where attractive people are just, are just treated better. And I guess the first time that I ever really kind of thought much about this or realised this, was you remember a couple of years back, I, I think it was in 2014, when, when the world stopped when you remember what that picture that went viral of that that mugshot of this like really hot, I guess criminal or whatever, and everyone was like sharing it had gone viral. Well, the guy's name was Jeremy Meeks, and his mugshot went viral. You remember he had the big plump lips, the jawline, the shaved head, these weird like crystal blue eyes. The facial symmetry was perfect. We didn't care what he did, did we? Once we saw that mugshot, nobody gave a fuck. He could have murdered his mother. He could have murdered my mama. And no one gave a fuck, did they? Our first instinct when seeing this person in the mugshot who was so super fucking hot, Jeremy Meeks, we didn't care. Like, 
what obviously what would come to her mind is oh you see a mugshot and you're like oh what did this person do you know they must have done something terrible but seeing the first picture seeing the picture the first thing you thought was oh my god this person is so fucking beautiful I don't care what he did I don't and that's just the truth that is just the truth like beauty just holds so much power like if I was getting murdered and the person was beautiful I'd be like okay <laughs> like oh my god like a beautiful person could have murdered any he could have been mur- he could be murdering anybody right now but instead he chose to murder me oh my god oh my god it's just like it's just all coming my way <laughs> you know it's just the thing and you know science will tell us and psychology tells us that people who have you know this physical beauty this uh, facial symmetry attractiveness we're more willing to hire them you know as candidates these beautiful people have an advantage when applying for jobs and all that we're going to listen to them more we're more likely scientists say to believe people we're going to be more gullible to beautiful people we'll believe what they say because these beautiful people just have more trustworthy faces and when you see a beautiful person you already assume according to science that they're going to be you know more intelligent you know, they're going to have better social skills, they're going to be more outspoken, have a better personality, whatever, all because they're attractive. And, and this comes down to something called the halo effect. The halo effect is basically, in other words, you know, judging a book by its cover. We see a beautiful person and according to the halo effect, we just associate the best things about them. And then according to the halo effect, we see someone who we deem as unattractive and we assume the worst about them or we pay them no attention at all and tinder you know is based solely was created solely around this halo effect you know obviously it's all about you know physical attractiveness on on that app and a tiny little bio but it's interesting because there was a study carried out um and well first of all before i get to the study i will say is that why do we find this attractive? Why is that attractive to us? This whole facial symmetry, the plump lips, the, the jawline, um, the high cheekbones. Why why do we find that the small nose, why do we find this attractive? We find it attractive, scientists say, because when we're looking for a partner, we associate all those qualities which I just mentioned with someone who is healthy and someone who is very fertile and would be our best option, you know, just evolutionary-wise, biologically-wise, of procreating. That that would be the best partner to procreate with. So that is what seems to be hardwired into our brains, is this is why we go for these people. Um, And there was an interesting test carried out. Um, So it took, like, say, about 7,000 people, 7,000 faces, um, and had, you know sectioned them up into people who had this person or perfect facial symmetry and who I guess were you know and therefore were conventionally you know good looking people some hot motherfuckers um and then obviously segregated the people who were not conventionally attractive or you know the fuggos you know I hate to say it but you know I I am a fuggo no you're not (laughs) I know um And it actually turns out that people, you know, who had this, you know, very good facial symmetry actually were healthier, were healthier. Um, And it turned out the people, you know, who didn't have that facial symmetry, it was down to like a chromosomal thing 
where, you know, they may have been more susceptible to disease or, you know, some sort of disease or abnormalities, you know, in while they were still a fetus, while you're in the womb and all that. So there actually is, you know, there is something real behind it. You know, these this whole us going for beauty and thinking it's going to be like a healthy a healthy partner. There there is, you know, something to that. But and you know, the, the weird thing is beauty hasn't always been at least physical beauty. Let's talk about shape. You know, during the Renaissance, and again, I'm going to talk about, you know, more so the female figure, because again, you know, I don't have to tell any, you know, females listening that, you know, throughout the ages, people or people, you know, female bodies were judged just as harshly as they are today and still are, and, you know, given absolutely unrealistic goals and all that. And I think, it, well, now what I will say now present day for guys, I think it has come to the point where where it's nearly, you know, where guys and girls are nearly in the same boat with this unachievable standard of beauty, you know? For so long, it was just women who had to bear this burden and bear this pain and bear this, God, like manipulation from society. And now men have finally caught up, you know, and are now also having to live up to these impossible standards, you know, and it ain't a good time for anybody. But, you know, for an example, you know, during the Renaissance period, an attractive body, you know, I, again, conventionally attractive body, the optimum body for a woman in Renaissance period, and which we see through their paintings, was heavier women. Women of a more voluptuous shape, you know, who had the round stomach, who had, you know, big thighs, big arms, that kind of thing, you know? Um, and, and it, it kind of went on and kind of had kind of meandered from this kind of more robust shape. And then as time went on, we kind of gotten skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. Um, you know, when we were like, if we were at the, like the 90s or whatever, when we had like the Kate Moss era, where like the optimum woman's, you know, physical appearance was being raked thin and almost translucent, you know? And then, I guess, between the 2000s and present date for women, it really was, and I have to say, you know, check me if I'm wrong, but Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, completely redefined what beauty was going to be and completely raised the bar and set the fire alight for a whole new era of unrealistic standards to live up to you know because kim kardashian became famous really for having the big fat ass and the big fat titties and the real skinny cinched waist you know and it was actually interesting because i remember seeing like back in the day like when kim kardashian before she was like mega famous she was doing something like with MTV, like, oh, Kim Kardashian, like, meets a hater or whatever. And Kim Kardashian surprises this this girl, the hater, at some sort of yoga class or whatever. And th- and this girl is a, is a black girl. And she take and she, like, has nothing positive to say about Kim Kardashian. And she sits down with Kim Kardashian and has a conversation. And she's like, for so long, you know, black women, African-American women were you know known for their butts and for their breasts and and for that you know hourglass body shape and no one paid you know no attention to them it did not 
you know, really, you know, meander its way into mainstream societal beauty until a white woman done it, Kim, Kimberly Kardashian, until Kim Kardashian brought in, you know, the fat, having the fat ass and having the, the big titties. Because remember before that in the 90s, everyone was like rake thin. That was optimal beauty. So there was definitely something to that about how Kim Kardashian, you know, it, it took a white woman having that hourglass physique before it became conventionally beautiful or what have you but now that's what everybody wants isn't it you know at the moment where we stand it's having the the fat ass the thin waist um the big breasts and the thigh gap just obviously like completely realistic unrealistic things you know to possess all of them um and now i think we finally have brought guys to the plate you know where you know guys bodies supposed to have like the six pack supposed to be like over six but you know having that v-shape down from the shoulders whatever that little v thing is by the crotch i'm not sure what that is i don't have one but i love it i absolutely i don't know what that little v thing is down just above the pain and below the belly button you know those two little lines that come up because I, what i said was i remember talking to someone i was like i would like that I would like to get those lines. You know, what exercises do I have to do to get those lines? And somebody told me it actually just depends on what way your muscles are laid out underneath or whatever. Or like not everyone gets to have the little triangle V just above their cock. Which was devastating news to me. Um, and then whatever. Like, I don't know if I have... I mean, look, to be fair, I've never pushed my body to the limit where if there was one of those like penis triangles down there... I've never pushed my body to the limit to find out if it was there or not. So I think I would rather live in, you know, just not knowing. But, you know, that is the way society is, you know, right now. And do I think that eventually humanity will evolve? You know, whatever the next step in human evolution is, I think it will, you know, probably turn out. You know, a lot of scientists will say that the way the human form will develop it will become more androgynous and men and women will just start looking more the same um, and will actually probably like be hairless and like real slender and taller and actually start looking more like these whole images of like the aliens that we see, like the E.T., the grey aliens, big black almond eyes, you know, long, slender, hairless, what have you. But, you know, I must say that I do feel like a lot of us have probably grown up or not even grown up, but a lot of us definitely, I would say the vast majority, I would say 99% of people, and again, I'm just pulling this out of my hoop, but I would say that we are all living with some degree of body dysmorphia. I mean, how could we not be? How could we not be living with body dysmorphia? You know, when we're, we're sold these images of just beautiful people, on the daily, you know, when they used to sell, when they used to have the adverts for like cigarettes and whatever, it was always a beautiful person smoking a cigarette. <clears throat> when they're advertising any product, any beauty creams, moisturizers, foundations, what have you, you know, or razors for men, Gillette, what have you, it's always a beautiful, attractive person selling them. And it all comes back to the way that, first of all, we want to do what attractive people say. We want to please attractive people. We believe what attractive people have to say. And it's associating this product with this just like unobtainable beauty, you know, and, and we chase that. And just look at all of the people now, these record high numbers. I mean, at this stage, we all know somebody who has 
you know, had some sort of plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery done. We all do. If you were to turn back only a couple of years, how many people, like there'd be so many of us who, who couldn't name a person we know. But now we all know somebody who has, you know, has had something done, has, you know, has something lifted, something inserted, some fillers, you know, someone who's, you know, gotten their teeth done, you know, an ear job, nose job, boob job, you know. I mean, look, I've even thought about it myself. A hundred percent. Like, I'm not going to front on you guys. I have definitely considered getting those you know you get you can get like guys a lot of guys get start starting to get these like fillers in their jaw that will just make the jawline more pronounced and what have you and I, I, I mean like and I'm the kind of person who I would support anybody going out and doing the you know getting these procedures whatever I do support it absolutely you know who knows someday I might do the same and I know a lot of people who've gotten it done and who seem a lot happier and a lot more confident because of it but, at the, you know, in the same vein, I always think that it's so fucking sad. It's so fucking sad and miserable that people have to go out and feel. I know we're all like, okay, it's about taking control and I'm doing it for me. Are you doing it for you? Are we doing it for us? I don't think so. I don't think so, to be honest. I mean, you're doing it because you feel compelled to do it for some sort of reason. And we can all say we're doing it for us. And, you you know, you shouldn't feel guilty because you got a donor. If you're listening to this and you have a beautiful pair of fat lips, you know, power to you. You know, I'm sure they are beautiful. But I'm just saying at the same time, I also think it's very sad that we have all been conditioned to the point where now we have to go and pay money to be artificially altered to look different, to look better, to conform. It is terribly fucking sad. But like I said, and like we just talked about, we just treat beautiful people better, don't we? You know, and I can't stress this enough, like the things I will do for a beautiful person, you know? Like, for instance, if I'm sitting down with people and and a beautiful person is like, oh, is there any chance you'd run upstairs and get my phone? I'd be like, yeah. I'm back, you know, like, oh my God, watch me go up the stairs like Usain Bolt and climb back down the walls, 100%. Whereas, and and I feel bad in saying this, but I think it it must register on some level of truth to everyone. If someone who we didn't know, who who we didn't find sexually attractive was like, oh, go upstairs there and get my phone. (laughs) I will in my fuck the only way I'm going up and getting Fogley's phone is if like their grandmother has a Stena lift installed so I can sit my ass down while I go upstairs you know and that's the ugly truth the ugly truth of it is that we just treat better looking people better don't we we do and beautiful people are treated better that's why I think you know, we help create in these beautiful people, these, these attitudes, these prince and princess attitudes, because they're just so used to for their whole life having everything fucking handed to them and just them being treated a better way. No matter what kind of person they were on the inside, we just treat better looking people better. And we have since the dawn of time, it seems, you know, and it is fucked up, but it just seems to be the way we are. But you know what? I don't resent these people. I don't resent anybody for being born beautiful and for growing up beautiful. I don't resent it, you know? And I actually respect it. Uh, I mean, when you look at the Kardashians, like I said before, you know, who took the face, 
they were born with as a light suggestion, you know? And if we all had Kylie Jenner's money, then we'd all look like Kylie Jenner, you know? You know, she bought that face four years ago. And she looks beautiful. She's an absolutely beautiful woman. 100%. I won't take that away from her. Nobody can. So I don't resent beautiful people. I don't. Because look, some people are born and they're really good at music. Some people are born and they're very athletic and they're good at sport. Some people are born and they just have a big fat brain and are super intelligent. Some people are born and they are just comedic geniuses, <laughs> you know? And they just really know how to put a story together. Really just some real good fucking people. Um, so I don't resent people for being born beautiful. I'm like, good for you. Good for fucking you. <sighs> With that brings us to the end of this week's episode of the Mind Poppers podcast on why we do treat beautiful people better and my encounter with my new stalker and how the universe seems determined to have me butchered. Um, and you know what, before I go, I will say on this, I'll just on a finishing note, I remember I always used to, if I was hooking up with people, I went through this phase when I was living in Dublin where I would always hook up with people deliberately who I was not physically attracted to, who I deemed less attractive than myself, as conceited as that sounds. And, and I hear that and I, and I recognise that. But it was just the truth. It was just what was going on in my brain at the time. I was deliberately getting with these people who I thought were not as physically attractive to me um, or, or possibly even less attractive. I'm not saying that I was beautiful, but what have you, I, I was going just lower down on the register to make me feel better about myself, you know? There was a p- certain power to me in getting with someone who I thought was less attractive than me or at least someone who was unattractive to me, you know? Because suddenly I w- I knew without, you know, with, with 100% certainty in my head at the time, I was like, well, I am... I'm the hot one, you know, and a certain power and a certain warm feeling comes with that. Not saying it's right, it's not. But you know the way, like, when, when someone tells you, like, oh my God, you, oh my God, have you lost weight? You look so skinny. You look so skinny. And that feeling, that rush, that release of dopamine when someone, you know, feeds you like that. Oh, it is a rush like no other, you know, nothing makes you feel that good, you know? So we all, we're all wired this way and it is very fucked up and it is very damaging to us all, you know, but let other, let other aspects of you shine, you know. With that, we have come to the end of the Mind Poppers podcast. Until next time, I am your host, Adam O'Reilly, and I will be back with the whole plateau of Mind Poppers on next week's episode. In the meantime, stay woke, stay fugly. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.